Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to continue the Sexy Saturday series and talk about Eva Green. Now, many of you might not be familiar with Eva Green, the name, but you're probably familiar with her face. I think she's probably most famous in terms of mainstream movies for being in the first iteration of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies, Casino Royale. But she's also had a long career in television as well. Now, why do I think Eva Green at her peak is just gorgeous? I'd say her peak was probably 20 years ago, early to mid-naughts. Is she's just got, you know, the, the snow white look, so to speak, just the pale skin. She's got these fascinating bluish green eyes. And she just has an exotic face. Now, as a whole, I'm not really into the exotic, sexy look. And if you've noticed, I think this is installment 13 or so, all the other aforementioned women are more of the sweet ingenue, unspoiled look. Eva Green has an exotic look to her that I would not say is erotic exotic, but just kind of an exotic beauty. Similar to a future one we'll do a Miriam Cotillard. They just have this unique European beauty that I just find fascinating. So Eva Green is 5'7", so average height. Her mother was a well-known actress, Marlene Jobert. And Eva Green kind of busted out into the scene in, in a very bold way. Uh, 2003, she did Bernardo Bertolucci's The Dreamer. So Bertolucci was a kind of a well-known director of a previous generation. He's not as big now, of course, but he's an Italian director. And The Dreamers is essentially a movie about a brother and sister during the De Gaulle Revolution, I believe it was in 1968 where they overthrew De Gaulle, and there's an American that comes and visits, and it's a very intimate movie. That The backdrop is the revolution, the night of the revolution starting, and eventually it culminates, or at least I remember it culminating when I was younger, and Eva Green having a very graphic sex scene with Michael Pitt, who plays the American. And in the movie, it's, it's almost this strange... Incestual relationship between Green and the and the brother, but she has a sex scene with Michael Pitt where she the character loses her virginity and actually grabs the blood from between her legs to show it to Pitt. So it's very graphic, but I suppose that was enough for her to get some of the bigger roles in Hollywood. And so after that, she got did Kingdom of Heaven, where that is the Orlando Bloom vehicle about the Crusades. Not a big fan of that movie in regards to its historical accuracy, but again, this is Hollywood, so what do you expect? It's the typical Christians are bad, Muslims are good, kind of like the uh, noble savage trope you see in America where all Indians are good, all Americans are bad. But of course, she's uh, beautiful in that movie. Then she does Casino Royale in 2006. She's Vesper Lynn. And really, her character is great in that movie. She's just sparkling. She's just beguiling in that movie. And I would say that's this thing about her eyes, that she's very beguiling eyes. But her character, Vesper Lynn, kind of casts a shadow over almost all, if not all, of the 
Daniel Craig Bond movies, certainly the first three, uh, the way that she allegedly betrayed him at the end. Okay, no, spoiler alert for Casino Royale. It's been around 18 years. But uh, I and I honestly love, I know Skyfall gets all the claim as being the best of the Daniel Craig movies. That's the one that, that Mendes did. But I personally always like Casino Royale. I, I think it's amazing. Then she follows it up playing Serafina Pecola, the witch in the Golden Compass. I think those books are well written. I cannot stand them because they're written from an atheist perspective, essentially, or the end where kids kill God. But either way, the books are well written. And uh, the movie treatment with Nicole Kidman is not the best. And Nicole Kidman's got the lead, again, with Daniel Craig. Then she doesn't really do anything well-known. She does Franklin, Cracks, Womb. Like, none of these are, like, really hitting. They're more minor roles, European movies. Then she does Dark Shadows in 2012. That is the movie that's kind of a, a, a remake of the old television show back from the 70s, 60s, and 70s, and has Johnny Depp, Michelle Pfeiffer, Helena Bonham Carter, and so forth. And she's in that. And that's when she was reputed to have dated Tim Burton. But you know, Tim Burton apparently has been around quite a bit. She likes to date her co-stars because it was reputed that she was dating Michael Pitt when she was young doing The Dreamers. Then in 2014, she does 300 Rise of an Empire. She plays Artemisia. That's the sequel. That's the sequel to 300. And it does well. Not as well as the original. And she plays essentially a female fighter in that movie. Then she does Miss Peregrine's Home for the Peculiar Children. Again, you know, she gravitates. She's almost like a younger version of Helena Bonham Carter later in Bonham Carter's career. Because in the beginning, she's doing the Merchant Ivory movies. And then later on, she does the Tim Burton stuff. So like, I guess once Tim Burton gets a hold of you, you, you end up doing weird movies or you're attracted to the strange ones. So she does that in 2016. And that movie is... Well, she is kind of like the, the head of this home of weird children. So she does that movie. Then in 2019, she does Dumbo. Not a lead role in Dumbo, but she's in Dumbo. And then she is in The Three Musketeers, a remake that is mostly a European cast. I would say headlined by my boy Vincent Cassel, who I love. I love him and everything that he's in. And that's really all she's done. So her last like relevant movie movie was Miss Peregrine's Home for the Peculiar Children because she's got the lead in that. She doesn't have the lead in anything after 2016. And that kind of coincides with her television work. So she does do Camelot in 2011. That is kind of a, it's a stars vehicle about young Merlin and young King Arthur. And it's got Joseph Fiennes in it. But Penny Dreadful is... Uh, a show that I believe was on Showtime that went on for three, four seasons and did well. It did well, and she was one of the leads in that uh, as well. And that's really all she's done. She doesn't do a lot. Now, her personal life is fascinating because she's not married, never been married, no children. She's 42, so she's probably likely not going to have children. And she considers herself... Let's I take a break. I let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have... And that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20. 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. So she considers herself to be kind of nerdy. She says, when first people first meet me, they find me very cold. I keep myself at a distance and I think that's why I'm so drawn to acting. It allows me to wear a mask. She says she lives a, a quiet life. She said, quote, I guess people would be surprised to find that I am a bit of a homebody. I do not like clubbing or going to wild parties after days shooting light to come home and relax by the fire with a glass of wine and a good book. Boring, huh? And then she's expressed interest in taxidermy. Okay, maybe that's something about the dark stuff and entomology. Because I don't know why anyone would express interest in taxidermy. Then she was asked about her why she likes graphic sexually charged scenes. Well, I mean, first of all, I think that's what Hollywood cast her in because, uh, you know, at her peak, she was just smoking hot. She describes it as paradoxical given her self-confessed shyness. She said, jokingly, I don't really understand why I'm attracted to these roles. I need to go through therapy, she says. She describes herself as non-religious, but very spiritual. And she says she's essentially retired from Hollywood because this is her reason. The problem with Hollywood is that the studios are very super powerful. They have more power than the directors. My ambition at this moment is just to find a good script. Well, good luck, Eva, because you're 42 and you've essentially left Hollywood completely. So I think you're mostly going to either get bit parts in movies or maybe you're going to get maybe like a television show on Netflix or Amazon, kind of like what Rosamund Pike last Saturday, Sexy Saturday did. Maybe that is kind of your role because you have not done anything relevant really in movies in eight years and you're more relevant in television. And even with television, it's been quite some time since you've had your own vehicle. But in closing, Eva Green, just the dark hair, kind of like what we talked about a little with Emmy Rossum and Daisy Edgar Jones, the other brunette, but they're more of the ingenue look. Eva Green is just, is just gorgeous, just the, the eyes and the eyes and the skin and just very sultry, beautiful. Come with something like a throwback to the starlets of the 50s and 60s. Guys, I'll post a poll over at the Cinema Ride Facebook group. Let me know what you think of Eva. There's two links in the episode notes, but most importantly, please post, rate, and review because it helps the algorithm grow this channel. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal to make a donation, and then one is a link to the website where you can catch all the Eclectico Gregorio feeds, including The Awakened Man. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.